this is Surya Saha and welcome to the Insurex Story podcast the platform to spread knowledge on insurance innovation digital disruptions and entrepreneurship our website insurexstory.com and we are available on Spotify Apple and Google today we will discuss on the topic how asia's growing middle class can drive growth in insurance and for now i'm delighted to welcome our guest rupa malotra who is the head of customer and digital asia pacific at zurich insurance before joining zurich rupa was head of digital for chub insurance in the asia pacific over the years in the industry she has gained well-rounded expertise in different aspects including natural catastrophe risk management digital product development and partnership management rupa started her career in india as a financial analyst with the leading hedge fund de shaw group before entering the insurance industry and holding positions with AIG and MSIG a passionate diversity and inclusion champion rupa was also recognized as one of the rising female leaders in the region by insurance business asia in 2021 rupa holds an mba in finance with certifications in design thinking for innovation and she is currently pursuing her postgraduate certificate in sustainable business from the university of cambridge she also actively volunteers at organizations like all hands and hearts for disaster relief and singapore's alzheimer's disease association and is a fitness enthusiast surupa so a warm welcome to the show Hey Surya, thank you so much. Thanks for that uh, intro. Makes me really feel that I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a there's a lot of interesting stuff that you have been doing all around, both of your you know professionally and at your personal space. That's quite interesting to see. Thanks. Um. So yeah, Rupa, would you like to talk about a bit about you know anything that I've missed? Perhaps you want to add to it and something on. What, what do you do currently yeah no uh, i think you you did cover it well so thanks for that i think um yeah in in general i'll i'll say that um it's been an uh, interesting uh, journey in the insurance industry i think i've been lucky to have um to work across different roles that have given me um a bit of a perspective of um looking at initially was more a number focused uh lens and then increasingly as i got into the digital side in terms of from product development to how technology is shaping i think it also give gave me an um a lens on more on what happens on the ground and and sometimes i realize how difficult it is to sell one insurance policy right so so it's a, it's an interesting landscape for me to see from a from a bit of a macro level and in a hedge fund to then down to at insurance level but outside of it i think um um i do feel we are in this space of insurance um which um still hasn't cracked its entry into mainstream in in the financial planning for people so that remains i think um both a challenge and an opportunity for for people like you and I and and other professionals in this field and I think yeah. then I'm really excited what what it holds for the next um next decade for this industry for us absolutely you know uh, I think the topic that um we have chosen for this discussion today it's it actually I feel personally would give a lot of input or insights on 
what insurance can gain from the middle class in Asia because that's one of the driving factors of most of the region's economy in the Asia Pacific. I mean, correct me mm. if I'm wrong. And it's it's great to have your expertise there. So, you know, if, if I look at the GDP proportion of emerging Asia has dramatically expanded, right? Rising from 5% in 1990 to an expected 26% in 2022. And that's as per the IMF. Uh, the yes. expanding middle class in Asia is evidently optimistic despite the economic challenges. Do you see this to be a prospect for the insurance and the reinsurance sector in the region and as they begin to accumulate wealth and make plans for future retirements? Yeah, no, I think um, the the stats and the numbers on middle class, I think middle class is an interesting um, segment, right, I feel. And potentially even being and growing up in that class, I can resonate to some of the things from insurance lens on, on how... Um, I've seen insurance perspective, and then I, I guess uh, in the shoes of a of let's say insurer professional, how this class, middle class um, resonates. As you rightly said, um, it is the definitely no doubt about it the biggest segment across across Asia. And if we sh- look at some of the income shifts that's expected in the next um, not just the next decade, but in this century we will see a lot more of people who are not right now moving into the lower to poverty coming actually into, into the middle class. So this there is going to be some uh, major shifts in terms of this class even further expanding, right? And, and you already start talking about there's lower middle class, there's upper middle class, right? So there is further divisions yeah. within this old class as well, yeah. right? There is no one. So that's the interesting aspect about this one. And also, I think before we get into the opportunity, often... If you have seen, especially in Asia, uh-huh. um, this often is also the most ignored uh, section uh, when it comes on insurance. Because one, if generally the regulator and the government tend to focus on, uh, for the right reason, first and foremost on the on the low income uh, community uh, where um, they are hand to mouth, and then that's where some of the government schemes will come in, making it free. Right, so, uh, free insurance and subsidized insurance is most common in that section. Um, and when it comes on the higher income or the or the emerging affluent to affluent, you don't need insurers to be incentivized to sell it to them. Uh, bo- both sides are kind of aligned. They they know the 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 customers or the consumers know that they have assets worth insuring, and and insurers know that this is the segment we will value insurance and they can price it and and actually grow but it's the middle class which gets left out in between right in that story because you don't really have the government focus or the prioritization let's just say that not the focus and then you don't really have the insurers also haven't really cracked the middle class so and that to your point comes back to uh that now when we look at um either from a lens of an insurance penetration or from a growth point of view for an insurer today. Um, yes, middle class is 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 probably the one that will uh, make or break in terms of whether this industry will see um, major shifts. Whether we'll grow, sure we'll grow, but whether we'll actually have a major shift in the industry in terms of insurance penetration and in right. terms of really unlocking, I think this that's kind of where I see this middle class as an opportunity also i think um 
from what does a middle class need for their insurance need, right? Um, that is also an aspect where, as we're saying, right, if you go down the spectrum of a lower middle, lower income middle class, that's a bit more aligned towards basic protection needs. They they are probably one or two events away from slipping into into poverty if something happens. Mm, yeah. So there, that segment is more the needs there are still more around health, like yeah. disability, right? And as the middle class itself evolves into a bit upper middle class, as we say, then they start talking about, okay, yeah, I have actually, I have some assets as well. I need to think about my wealth protection and I have to, I do um, travel as well. And I now have a lot of um, assets. I have a home as well. And then they start going into some other. So again, I know I'm kind of, don't want to just label just one a yeah. big middle class is, is one spectrum of their finite of their insurance goals yeah. but i i see you know that's kind of the spectrum where we are playing in yeah and also i mean do, do you think just out of curiosity mm. these are these are when, when we talk about middle class and insurance there's also a kind of a large gap that exists in the education of insurance among the middle class mm. and there may be, I'm not sure, technology might help to actually resolve that to an extent, of course, that how the generation Z is trying to adopt to technologies. And of course, this sector can, uh, you know, take a lot of benefit out of it. W what is your opinion? Yeah, no, I think um, for sure, um, I think technology has a role to play, I'll say across the spectrum, but I think within especially you, you pointed to the right thing around this this thing around awareness yeah um and then there is the middle class is still they have the very clear lens on affordability affordability yeah. is so very important to this particular so they're not really saying i look i don't want to buy it but they're saying yeah but this is too expensive i'll only buy if it makes sense right so um so i think where technology um has and will probably play a big role is that how can um, they make um, one insurance product. I always say um, simple because this is this, and that relates to the um, awareness piece, right? Um, it's often very difficult to expect this segment to be uh, fully versed. Even if they have financial agents, they'll almost be like, okay, just tell me what I need kind of a thing rather than trying to really understand, right? So where technology can come into play is that how do we, um, how are we able to use the the new age in terms of using AI and, and other capability that we have today now um, to actually communicate uh, insurance in a simple way? And then yeah. how do we actually come up with newer models that make it affordable? And we talk about things like pay as you go as, as one of the things. I think there are more models that are coming in that we are looking at, right? You have uh, players where you'll have something around, hey, um, it's um, it's accumulation of uh, micro insurance that actually will help you uh, ultimately um, gain uh, a, a more comprehensive cover. Um, there's always, um, you know, we talk about, um, I said usage base, but within that there are further categories as well. So I think technology will play a role in terms of making making it affordable um, to to the segment as well. Right. Yeah. So uh, Rupa, you know. Uh, 
moving on to our next discussion point which relates to our uh, you know previous discussion as well customers preferences are focusing or rather forcing insurers to give digital first the priority right so consumers in the region especially the apac are opening or, or are open to purchasing insurance for from new entrants like the new age insurtechs including those from the outside of the sector like the technology companies who are also you know diversifying to insurance and offering insurance products and this is you know leading or this has led primarily by the young and digitally active ones so what is mm-hmm. your expectation from this yeah i think um, there are some underlying commonality for insurance company to look at this sector when it comes on consumer trends right um right. the consumer in this sector we we touched on affordability so that's given yeah, yeah. they don't they're not looking for uh, a brand that they can associate with at this at this level in terms of their life right that's not what that matters to them at this stage affordability is one thing two yeah. as you said they they everything that they are dealing now is digital so so their experience of things has dramatically moved so it's becoming a hygiene factor right and thus it's actually if the insurers do not have that experience it it becomes an outlier rather than actually you know so it's almost an you know implicit expectation having said that we know that insurance not all insurers are there in terms of actually providing that so that yeah. just creates friction and that just leads to people not buying it right so right. they are not getting hung up on oh i don't trust the insurer i think that consumer is almost will not even engage and unfortunately will not see that's where majority of the this class still does not buy end up buying insurance and i think the third for the insurers is that as you said that because of affordability because experience matter to them in terms of you know ease of transaction they are not particularly bound by who, who is they are not looking at the rating of the company or um you know what's the balance sheet strength of it they are more looking at okay which is that i can connect with i can understand quickly what i'm actually buying and so you see not just insurtechs you see uh, that's where the the play of the distribution players have come expanded and what we true, say now true. in terms yep. of a partnership right yep. you you do see um of course your your super apps coming into play not just your super apps your e-commerce players um they are getting into into this mainstream and and what we we see the rise of um uh, what we say embedded insurance but i do see that trend to to continue in the sense that um uh we we look at for example um you you start seeing a, a simple example is let's say a social media app like tiktok which everyone engages and probably yes the middle class would engage in that now all of a sudden in china they started they started selling e-commerce right uh, as an example well people it was a natural progression for people to move into e-commerce say what next what happened they started adding insurance into it and that just people were okay with that and actually that that is that is big for them right now so that's an example of um that the customer was not actually targeting to go to tiktok to buy insurance but today are they comfortable yes it's been a journey one and then two it's been contextual for them it's been they they have they are touching all the things it's the experience that they have they don't they don't feel forced into into yeah. it and also i think um in most of these cases insure the, the players like tiktok would force insurers to change the product concept and not make it like a traditional 
you know, lump sum, large scale annual policy, right? So then your product innovation or the design uh, proposition design comes into play as well. So these things are forcing, um, uh, rightfully so, the insurers into thinking through really on on the whole experience and proposition of of uh, product design as well. Right. Yep. True. So now, uh, regulation plays a very important part in how insurers mm. can perform, be it any region um, uh, of the world. So how you see regulators playing a major role in benefiting the middle class and insurance sector to bring more stability on the table, which is still an underlying concern in most of the Asian nations? Yeah. No, I think um, regulations and I'll say government in the same in the same breath that I think there is a big onus. And, and I think, again, it's particularly on segments like motor insurance, health insurance, where you typically have seen, I'll take first example of health insurance, where you have typically seen high penetration of health insurance is in markets where either you have integrated healthcare, uh, we right. have public and private healthcare, where your healthcare provider itself is incentivized on the preventive side of things rather than you know um, uh, other way around. So there the penetration is high or where the regulations have made it compulsory for everyone and they are either subsidized through the taxes or, or employers. There are various ways on how that compulsory mandatory uh, basic level of insurance has come into play. And what has happened in those, all those countries is over a period of time, um, people have then uh, complemented that with private insurance as well. And, and just that basic induction has helped. So, But that's true on something like health insurance. Similarly, on motor, you see uh, in markets where it's um, mandatory to have um uh, motor insurance, either third party or otherwise. Uh, of course, you see the full take up rate, and the moment that goes away, um, people are not buying it. So I think there, there needs to be without making it. Um, so keeping in mind that how do we ensure that there is enough incentive in terms of subsidies for the middle class? I think where the regulations and the government need to come into places first of all, creating the right infrastructure, especially when it's true for health. Yeah. Um, even if today you make it mandatory, you don't have the infrastructure in place. It doesn't help. Um, often in markets like, as you would know, like in uh, in India or Indonesia, the problem there in markets like these is that, um, yeah, for for tier two, tier three cities, you don't have actually good enough uh, public health care as well. So. Um, or actually enough private hospitals providers as well. So there, I think um, for, so it's a bit, I'll say in this approach, it's a bit um, segment specific role that the government or the regulations have to come into play. Um, so that's one side, which I think is more linked to how they can play. The other side is, as we were touching, is a bit around their openness on allowing um, uh, innovation in product and embracing technology. We see quite a bit of variation, uh, a market like Singapore, of course, um, here, um, probably the most uh, open government in terms of, you know, having product innovation, encouraging as much uh, technolo technology inclusion in, in terms of enabling that. And that leads to a lot of ideas, a lot of test and learn gets 
gets done and then you see new ideas coming in. Um, whereas in some of the other markets uh, in Southeast Asia, it's such a tedious task to, to even think of innovative ideas because you have to go through everything or have to go through a regulatory process. In doing so, um, you get, um, you have to submit so much uh, paperwork and, and that just slows down. That's just opposite of what innovation is, right? Yep. Because innovation yep. is not getting it right the very first time. You need that right text, test and learn. And sure, they have had few sandbox here and there, but unless you, you the regulators really say that, look, no, we, we want to give it a go. We want to make sure that uh, our commitment to insurer, insure text, the whole insurance industry is such that, you know, we, you have the support. We actually want uh, the penetration levels to to double. Um, they kind of need to walk, talk a bit around how do they make the environment a bit more flexible. So, so I think there's a part around public-private um, that comes from a government side, and then there is a part around regulations or ensuring that there is more freedom around how um, online and, and product innovation can move quickly. True. Yeah, of course, you know, in Singapore, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the Monetary Authority of Singapore and in India, we have the yeah. IRDAI. So of yes. course, they are quite open. And uh, recently, uh, I would say I I yes. IRDAI wasn't open quite yeah. take it back but now they are, they are actually doing a lot of stuff with respect to allowing innovations mm. and product right. development and uh, encouraging in short like, startups and so on and so forth but if you look at countries like vietnam and others it's still at a very nascent stage so i think regulate, yeah. regulation plays a major major role as you mentioned for the development yeah of and, and i think i think touching on touching on let's say uh, in their landscape or comparing that right i think and then it, it's it's often a bit of a reflection of what's happening in yeah. the in the ancillary financial space. So the UP the develop the UPI, for example, in itself has enabled a, a lot in terms of how the payment of insurance yeah. can be premiums can be done. Right. Sure. Um, same as with let's say in in uh, in lot of the markets here, but slowly but surely that's the right thing that's happening now. Insurers, uh, governments, and regulators align. Uh, okay actually there is no man if, why there needs to be any regulations around it has to be an annual premium for example or it yeah. has to be yeah. uh, a monthly right um you take away these 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 old notions on how some of these things are because then you're just giving it a bit more around so much freedom flexibility to think differently and let new ideas come in but then uh, to to a bit link to your point there is also a, i do feel there is this ancillary uh, financial um, uh, support growth that's happening. Some of these other assets that are developing that insurance can actually leverage um, in parallel. It's just not just the insurance industry, but I think of financial sector as a whole. Yeah. True. Well, uh, great talking to you, Rupa. Uh, thank you so much for the fantastic discussion and sharing your thoughts today. It was a true delight to have you as our, as our guest. And lastly, to wrap this up, thank you for listening and see you at our next episode. Take care and stay safe. Goodbye for now.